By the end of this series on the Sermon on the Mount, you should be able to just kind of open your Bible and it'll kind of naturally fall open to Matthew chapter 5. So would you please turn there, Matthew chapter 5. I know mine does. I get anywhere near the New Testament, I open it up and it kind of just falls open to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be looking... It's going to take some time, so bear with me. Um, if you know anything about me, when I preach, teach God's word, I want to get it right. And we are looking at a passage of scripture that some have said uh, is probably one of the most difficult in the entire Bible, not just the New Testament, but the entire Bible to interpret. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of, the, uh, one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And as I said, I'm going to do a little bit of review, and then we're going to cover some new material. Some have said that these verses, specifically verses 17 and 18, are some of the most difficult verses in the entire Bible to interpret. And by the end of this time, I hope to have answered some questions that these verses touch on. There are some ramifications that surface based upon one's interpretation of these verses. Uh, What is the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament, especially in the ministry of Christ? What is the place of the law in relation to the gospel? What is our relation to the law? Uh, How does this fit with the New Testament passages that teach that some things from the Old Testament are abolished and obsolete? We looked at the clean and unclean foods, and we talked about Jesus Christ being the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so Jesus is stating his mission in relation to the Old Testament scriptures. And his mission is to fulfill that law. He doesn't want the Jewish people to think a certain way about his ministry. He, he says, don't think in a wrong way. Stop thinking that way. Don't even start to think that way. And, of course, they had seen Jesus do a number of things that would have been, to the Jewish mind, to the people living at that time, something very difficult for them to swallow, like the cleansing of the temple. Uh, him calling a tax collector, eating with tax collectors and sinners. Um, He specifically said in Luke chapter 5 that some things were going to be new. Uh, For a Jewish person who wants to hold to the the traditions, that would have been a difficult saying to swallow. Um, Of course, the Sabbath day came into question numerous times in the ministry of Christ. Jesus was not a Pharisee. He didn't go to their schools and uh, so there was a question about who is this guy that's claiming to be from God. Um, there would have been two groups of people that were hearing Jesus at this time. There were those who were getting tired of the demanding legalism of the Pharisees. And they were hoping that the Messiah, 
the one who was claiming to be from God, would free them from all these meaningless demands of the, of the law, and specifically the oral law, the tradition that was passed on from generation to generation. Then there would have been the group of people who saw the, the instructions from the Pharisees and the scribes as the true interpretation of the Mosaic law. And uh, that should have been kept. And so um, let me jump forward to verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. When a Jewish person spoke about the law and the prophets or the law or the prophets as it is in this verse, it is speaking of the entirety of what we know as the Old Testament scriptures. I wanted to cover some material that I did not cover last week, and that is that the Hebrew Bible was split into three sections, completely set up different than our Old Testament. There were three sections to the Hebrew Bible, the law, the prophets, and what is called the writings. And when Jesus, in Luke chapter 24, mentioned the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, he was referring to the entirety of the Hebrew scriptures because he was mentioning something from each of the three sections. The law to the Jewish, in the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible, included Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The prophets included, there was the former prophets, which was Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. And they didn't split those two books into 1st and 2nd Samuel and 1st and 2nd Kings. Uh, they were all one book. The latter prophets were Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and then there was what they called the Twelve, which would be considered what we, can, what we call the minor prophets, Hosea all the way to Malachi. The writings, which was their poetry and wisdom section, included Psalms, Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Ruth, um, Lamentations, and Esther. And so when I was trying to prove that this phrase, the law and the prophets, applies to the entirety of the Hebrew Bible, uh, I think everybody agreed with me, right? I don't have to go any further than that. Because it's important to the understanding and interpretation of verses 17 and 18. And we went through a lot of verses. We talked about the law being in three parts, the moral law, the judicial, the ceremonial law. But keep in mind, when the Jewish people heard the word or the term law, they had a unified whole in mind. We break it up into three sections because it helps us to wrap our minds around it. And then we talked about the prophets. Jesus said, stop thinking that I am come to destroy, to tear down, abolish, annul, pull to pieces, your Old Testament scriptures, your, they wouldn't have used the word Old Testament. I have not come to destroy, pull down, annul, get rid of your scriptures. I've come for one purpose, to fulfill. Now that word, fulfill, at the end of verse 17 this is the point of the debate. This is what makes this section difficult 
to understand and interpret, or we might say the problem of the interpretation to many. And there are two extremes that people go to or get caught in here with respect to these verses and especially the word fulfill. Number one, that all that Jesus did was to continue the teaching of the law. The Gospels, to this group of people, is an exposition of the law. In other words, they saw Jesus as nothing more than a teacher of the law. The second group or extreme that uh, people get caught in here is that Christ abolished the law completely. That Christ abolished the law and he put in its place a term that we call grace. And you've probably heard the saying, we are, under, we are not under law, we are under grace. At least the tradition that I came from, uh, dispensationalism, we heard that a lot. We're not under law, we're under grace. The believer has nothing to do with the law now in this New Testament time. This is the age of grace. The law is not to be mentioned. Now, I would say this is an extreme that people get caught up in. Both of these are going to be shown to be false in these introductory verses, verses 17 and 18. Some people even say that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to confirm and establish the law, trying to keep people under the law yet. Others say that Jesus fills up the law, meaning that Jesus gives it its full intended meaning. He would bring out the full meaning of Old Testament Scripture, and he does do that. And still others would say that Jesus would do the things that are laid down in the Scriptures, and he would obey the law, and he did do that. But that's not all that this verse is talking about. Others have said that Jesus would bring it to completion or to an end. And there is some truth to that. So how does Jesus fulfill the law and the prophets? Or can I restate it this way? How does Jesus fulfill all the law and the prophets? Because that, when you take verses 17 and 18 together, that's what he's saying. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So how does Jesus fulfill all the law or the prophets? And it is the answer to this question that leads us to the right interpretation. How does Jesus fulfill all the law or the prophets? So let's try to answer that question. Jesus' mission is in accordance with the Old Testament. Or let me say it this way. Jesus' mission, as he was speaking to the people of his day, was in accordance with the scriptures that they had. Not apart from it. His mission is in accordance with the Old Testament scriptures, not apart from it. 
Jesus' authority and the Old Testament authority are the same. His mission was in harmony with the scriptures that they had. We call it the Old Testament. So what does it mean? How does Jesus fulfill all the law and the prophets? And you might want to write this sentence down because I think it is helpful as we continue. He brings the Old Testament to completion. And it doesn't stop there. He brings the Old Testament to completion by carrying out all that pointed to him. He brings the Old Testament to completion by carrying out all that pointed to him. And it's important to understand he carried it out. He completes it or fulfills it. Without Christ, the Old Testament is incomplete. Without Christ, the Old Testament is unfulfilled. Without Christ, the Old Testament has not been carried out. He completes it by doing the things that are prophesied for sure, but he completes it by carrying it out. By doing all that has been said or taught, he actually is performing what is written. He carries it out. That's what it means to fulfill. The Old Testament has no logical end without Christ. Like a a road that's being constructed, and that road is stopped before the destination. Jesus, our Savior, completes the Old Testament, completes the road by carrying it out to its final destination. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, and I quote, All the law and the prophets point to him, will be fulfilled in him down to the smallest detail. Everything that is in the law and prophets culminates in Christ, and he is the fulfillment of them, end quote, Martin Lloyd-Jones. So the scriptures that the Jewish people had, what we call the Old Testament, point to Christ, and he is their fulfillment in his person, in his words, and in his actions. So, understand the impact of Jesus' statement here. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The impact of Jesus' statement is not so much what is his relation to the law or prophets, but what their relation is to him. There's a difference. Since it is he that fulfills them, that carries them out, he displaces them, and he, Jesus Christ, becomes the center of attention. Since he is the one whom they pointed to, doesn't it follow and stand to reason that he becomes more important, more important, oh boy, more important than what pointed to him 
shouldn't have those two words that close together in my notes. He's more important than the Old Testament scriptures which pointed to him. So the Old Testament is not abolished, not destroyed, not annulled, not pulled to pieces. But the purpose for which it was written is now complete in Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to do something that I think will be very helpful to us. And that is to see how often this word, fulfill, or a form of that word, but based upon the root, same root, is used in the New Testament. So I'd like you to take your Bibles. We're going to start in the book of Matthew. And I want to point out the uses of this word. And part of the reason for doing this is to get an understanding of the word, but also to see the unity between the Old Testament and the New Testament, or I should say the Old Testament and the ministry of Jesus Christ, and help us to get an understanding of this word fulfill, but also to give us an appreciation for how many statements, historical events, or prophecies from the Old Testament scriptures were actually fulfilled or carried out by Jesus Christ. We're going to start in Matthew one twenty-two. Matthew one twenty-two. Now some of these, we, we got, I guess we don't, and the reason I'm bringing them all together in one sermon is we can read a chapter of the Bible and we'll see it. Then a day goes by and another day goes by. We read another chapter. We read some more. And we don't get how many of these are there are in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, speaking about the birth of Christ. Now, all this was done that it might be, what? Fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And we know that we're talking about a quotation from the prophet Isaiah. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 15. Now, some of these I'll just read, but I want you to see how many there are. Matthew two fifteen, And it was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Now, that's reference to an historical event in the nation of Israel. It's actually spoken in Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1, but it has reference, the primary reference was about Israel coming out of the land of Egypt. But it prophesied about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew 2.23. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Notice again the word fulfilled. So we're talking about a prophecy about where Christ was going to live. Look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 14. That it might be fulfilled 
which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people who sat in darkness saw great light, and to them who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has sprung up. Again, talking about the location that Jesus decided to live. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Again, the word fulfilled, but now we're talking about the healing ministry of Christ. And he's actually carrying out, bringing to completion, a statement in the prophet Isaiah. Matthew chapter 12, verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show justice to the Gentiles. And now we're talking about Jesus' ministry to the Gentiles, and it's actually a fulfillment, a carrying out of the Old Testament scriptures, a specific prophecy. Look at chapter 13 and verse 35. This is about Jesus speaking in parables, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Matthew chapter 21, verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, we're talking about the triumphal entry here, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon a, uh, a donkey and a colt, and the foal of a donkey. Again, about the triumphal entry. Matthew twenty six fifty six. I don't know about you, but when I see all of these strung together like this, my heart leaps. Because they are saying, I looked at some figures just this morning, that there are over 450 prophecies in the Old Testament speaking of Jesus Christ. The conservative estimate is that there are a little over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, concerning the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, all of them fulfilled, all of them carried out. Now, I'm not going to go through all 300 of them. Okay? But I want to go through a few of these to show you our New Testament and the ministry especially of Jesus Christ is what the Old Testament pointed And he carries it out. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 56. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, that all the disciples forsook him and fled. Chapter 27 and verse 9. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value. How many times this word fulfilled is used over and over about the ministry of Jesus Christ? Look at chapter 27, verse 35. 
And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And chapter, uh, well, I'll leave it at that. We went through Matthew. There are numerous ones in Mark, um, Luke 9.31, talking about the transfiguration, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem or fulfill at Jerusalem. Luke 21, 22, for these be the last, uh, the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Luke 21, 24, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, shall be led away captive unto all nations, talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So there are things that Christ fulfilled in his earthly ministry. He carried out the Old Testament, brought it to its completion. And there are yet things to be fulfilled from the Old Testament. That's why Jesus said, none of this is going to pass away until what? All be fulfilled. I have many more. I have some stars by some here. Uh, Luke 24, 44, he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you, which I was, when I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. All things are going to be carried out. Uh, John 17, 12, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me have I kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Numerous ones in the book of John. Uh, Specifically, the one I think about is when Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And it was coming to to the time when, uh, you know, the, the Passover was coming. And the Roman soldiers wanted to hasten this crucifixion. And they broke the bones, the leg bones. They would take clubs and they would break the bones of those who were being crucified so they could no longer push themselves up to breathe. And they did the thief on the right hand and the thief on the left hand. But what did they do to Christ? He was already dead. And they pierced his side, which alone was a, (laughs) a fulfillment of Scripture. They pierced his side because he was dead already. And the Bible says uh, in the Old Testament, not a bone would be broken. Over and over again, all these scriptures use the word fulfilled. John 19, 36, for these things were done that the scripture might be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Acts 3.18, but those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Acts 13, 27, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and all their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, they they have fulfilled them in condemning. Can you imagine? The Jewish people who were holding the scriptures that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5, 17, that he came to fulfill, they had all the things that pointed to their Messiah, and they missed him. 
Romans 8, 4. Here's one you should write down. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The fulfillment is not complete yet, not done. Romans 13, 8. No, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Galatians 5.14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's just a smattering of the verses, just showing Christ's fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. So how does the Old Testament prophesy of Jesus? The first thing we need to realize is that Jesus was made under the law. Galatians 4, 4, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. The very law that points to Christ, he is the completion of, he's going to carry it out, he was made under that law. He came to carry it out, to complete it, by carrying out... Uh, by carrying it out, that's how he completes it. And he would teach others to love it and to obey it. So God placed his own son under that law. Jesus obeyed it perfectly, and no one, no one could bring a charge against Christ. He was sinless. And so how does the Old Testament prophesy of Jesus who was made under the law? Well, certainly predictive statements, prophetic statements, if you would. Think about, and I went through some of them, the many prophecies fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus. It's truly amazing. Some have said as many as 450. Some have said a conservative number of a little over 300. Actual prophecies that pointed to Christ, all of them, every single one, carried out by Christ. The place and manner of his birth, his death. Actually, if you look at Psalm 22 and you read through that psalm, you talk about an accurate description of the crucifixion. And yet, crucifixion hadn't been invented yet by the Romans. His resurrection, Gentiles being saved, according to Hosea 2.23 and uh, 1.10, the coming of the Spirit, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. All of these prophecies, 300 at least, maybe as many as 456, pointing to Christ, and every one of them carried out by him, fulfilled. Jesus says, I am not, think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to carry it out, bring it to its completion, fulfill everything that's been written about me. Then I said that sometimes events themselves were uh, sometimes prophetic. The history of the Jews pointing towards Jesus out of Egypt have I called my son. Um, Hosea 11.1. 1. All, and underline that word all, all of the Old Testament in some sense is prophetic of the Messiah, and it points to him. That includes Old Testament events, and so we have to be careful. And the reason I'm stressing this point is we have to be careful not to define the word fulfill too narrowly. 
just in terms of predictive statements by the Old Testament, prophetic statements. Because there's typology, symbolism, all of the sacrificial system in some way points to Jesus Christ. My favorite example of that is the Day of Atonement, when they had two lambs, one to be slaughtered, the other one on which the high priest would place his hand and confess all of the sins of the nation of Israel on that lamb or goat, I think it was called the scapegoat. And then it says that that scapegoat was let out, let out into the wilderness by a fit man. Now picture that. Here's the nation of Israel watching this. Their sins have been symbolically placed on the head of this goat, and every step that goat takes is separating their sin from them. What's the Day of Atonement was about? Passover lamb. All the other sacrifices, all of these point to Jesus Christ. Jesus, of course, himself said that the scriptures pointed to him. We read Luke 24, verse 44. John 5, 39, Jesus challenged the people of his day, Search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life. And they, what? The scriptures are they which testify of me. Now I'm taking some time to let this sink in. Because Jesus is telling the Jewish listeners of his day what his relationship to the scriptures was. Not to destroy it, to carry it out. You know what he was claiming? He was claiming to be the Messiah. He was claiming to be their Messiah. Take a look in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. And notice very carefully what is said here. Matthew chapter 11, verses 12 through 13. Jesus says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the time that Jesus is speaking, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And verse 13 is what I wanted to get to. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until when? Until John. Until John. Jesus is telling us here that all of the law and all the prophets are prophesying. The whole of the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus Christ in some way, and Jesus came to fulfill that, their function was until when? Until John. After that, the kingdom of God is advancing. 
And that is a completion of the Old Testament scriptures, a carrying out of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is preliminary to the coming of Christ. It did its work until John the Baptist. Old Testament revelation has fulfilled its purpose. They are no longer the key. Who is? Christ is the key. And so the law and the prophets were until John. After John, who came on the scene? Christ. The beginning of the fulfillment, the completion, the carrying out of the Old Testament scriptures is now being done in Christ. A new age has begun. Take a look, if you would, at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. This is a very necessary portion of Scripture to understand what is happening. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21, Jesus is in the synagogue, and they delivered to him the book of the prophet, verse 17, uh, Isaiah. And when he opened the book, uh, literally a scroll, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now in our New Testament we read that, and it says he closes the book, and we say, wow, that's incredible. Keep your finger here and go back to the actual prophecy in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. You'll see the verse, the Spirit of the Lord, God is upon me, verse 1, Isaiah 61, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And what's after the word Lord? What punctuation? Matt, you're good at this. There's a comma there. All right, now compare that to where Jesus stopped the quotation from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. Where did he stop? Matt, where did he stop? Right in the middle of the sentence, at a comma. Now notice what he says. They closed the book. He gave it again to the minister. Everybody's looking at him. Verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture what? Fulfilled in your ears. What's he talking about? My earthly ministry. I am fulfilling this in your presence. What was he not fulfilling in their presence? What's after the comma? And the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus knew where to stop because that part wasn't being fulfilled yet. This day is this scripture being fulfilled in your ears. I'm kind of tipping my hand here a little bit, but in the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, many prophecies about the life, ministry, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ He carried them all out. Is there more there, though? Oh, there's a lot more. 
And just as sure as he carried out those 300 to 456 prophecies of the Old Testament, he's going to carry out the ones that have not yet been fulfilled or completed. And his use of Scripture right there in Luke 4, quoting Isaiah 61, is actually showing us that. How these Old Testament scriptures foreshadow or speak of Christ varies, and hence how he fulfills them varies. We talked about, out of Egypt have I called my son. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews shows us all these sacrifices in the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ. Aren't you glad we don't have to offer sacrifices today? Writer shows us, that since they have been carried out by Christ, they are no longer in force. So what Christ has carried out or completed, we don't have to keep doing. Is it still part of the Old Testament scriptures? Yep. Will any of it fall out of it? Nope. Because nothing will fall from the Old Testament scriptures until what happens? Everything is fulfilled. Everything is fulfilled. Now, when we look at Matthew chapter 5, and you might want to turn back there, when we view the rest of this section, verses 21 to 48 especially, it becomes clear that Jesus' teaching, his doctrine, also fulfills the law and the prophets. He completes it. He carries it out because he's going to show that the true nature of the teaching in the Old Testament was not what they thought it was. He's the one who gave the law, and who better to show us what the real nature of the law says. And he's going to make a difference, or teach a difference between externals and internals. It's a matter of the heart. And so Jesus is going to restore the true meaning and proper use of the law. Luke chapter 16, verses 16 to 17. I think I read it already. Let me make sure. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. Every man presses into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. So the Old Testament did not or does not terminate with John. But the purpose for which it was given terminates with John. Does that make sense? Because they pointed to Christ. Douglas Moo said this, and I quote, The period during which men were related to God under its terms, meaning specifically the law, ceased with John. How does it continue to be relevant and authoritative? It does so only in its reference to Jesus and the kingdom of God. That's what Douglas Moo was saying about that Luke 16 passage. So the Old Testament was preparatory to the fulfillment of it now in Christ. I've got five minutes left. Am I making any sense at all? Because all of this is going to come together when I, when I explain 
some of these aspects of the law and the gospel and our relation to the law. But I don't think that we can leave out the most important way that Jesus fulfills the law or the prophets. He perfectly kept the law, and he died on the cross to satisfy forever its demands for those who would believe on him. Jesus perfectly kept the law. He died on the cross, and he satisfied forever the demands of the law for those who would believe on him. He met the law's holy demands through his perfect obedience and through paying its penalty. All of the types and symbolism in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the cross, specifically and importantly, the Passover lamb. Acts 13, 29, when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. So we must understand the cross in its relation to the law. Jesus Christ was enduring. He was bearing in his own body on the tree the penalty that the law prescribed for disobedience to it. The penalty that is due for the sin of man, for breaking the law, death is that penalty for transgressing the law. The law condemns sin. The law is fulfilled through its penalty being paid or carried out. The penalty of the law against transgressors is death. Jesus took that curse, took that death, and God exacted the punishment from his own son on our behalf for us. And forgiveness is possible because the punishment that the law demanded was carried out. Christ fulfilled the law on the cross for us. And that's what we can praise God for. Well, I've got more. We're not done yet. Because all this does come together, I do promise you. But understanding Christ's relationship to the Old Testament scriptures really helps us understand our relationship to the Old Testament scriptures, the relationship of the cross and the preaching of the gospel to the Old Testament scriptures, the unity between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and, importantly, how we should interpret the Old Testament scriptures. So it is very important to understand how Christ fulfills, completes, carries out all of those things that pointed to him. Father, help us to understand this and help us to live in the light of it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.